Welcome back to A True Side of Crime. I'm just cutting in to let you guys know that this is an episode I had on YouTube exclusively and I am sharing it now on our regular podcast. I know there are some updates to this case and I will get those put up here on the podcast channel and on our YouTube video. For now, you can enjoy this episode and then some of the episodes of our podcast turned into video episodes. I really appreciate your continued support and thank you so much for listening. Today we're going to cover the case of Olivia Ann Jansen. About a month ago, I started seeing coverage on this case and I just slightly followed it because the missing children are always upsetting to me. Here's what I've been able to gather about the case thus far. Little Olivia was born on December 22nd of 2016 to Whitney Purvis and Howard Jansen III. Olivia became to be a smart, energetic, sassy three-year-old. You can see her personality shine through her in her pictures. She always has a smile. She has the cute little poses. She just looks like such, she just looks, she just looks like such a happy little girl. Her favorite movie was Frozen, and I can just imagine her singing Let It Go and having so much fun watching as everything unfolds in that movie. I have seen it a hundred times, also because of children. Her mom was arrested for unrelated crimes. It was a hit and run accident, and she was placed under the care of her father, Howard, and his girlfriend, Jacqueline. I don't know how long she had been in their care, but in their care would be where she tragically and senselessly lost her life. On July 10th at 8.30, Howard goes into a local Kansas City Police Department to tell them that his three-year-old daughter is gone She was gone when he woke up at 5.30 in the morning and his front door was open. This immediately raised questions for me because if your daughter went missing at 5.30 a.m., especially a three-year-old, why would you wait three hours to go to the police? And why did you go to the department instead of just calling? And the police obviously thought it was weird too because... There has been an inter- at least a couple interviews, and in one of them, the cops say that his story didn't add up from the beginning. Howard said the last time that he saw his daughter was at 11 p.m. when she went to bed. That was his initial statement, and that's what was released on the Amber Alert. Later on, he ends up telling the police the last time he saw her was at 6 p.m. when he laid on the couch to go to sleep. There is another time discrepancy there. That is a time discrepancy of five hours. So, so far, he has three hours of time that he didn't report his daughter missing. And now there's five hours of time between when he, the two times he said he last saw her. Now, I can understand if you were like, oh, it was 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock. Sometimes that hour discrepancy 
that's one thing because sometimes I'll think that it's a little earlier or a little later than it actually is. And I look at the clock, I'm like, oh my goodness. But five hours is a lot. Generally, it's the summertime. The sun's not even anywhere near down. Six o'clock, so between six and 11, the sun is still shining at six. It is dark at 11. So I don't understand how you can confuse those two things. I also don't understand why he did not call 911 as soon as he realized that his three-year-old was missing. It takes a lot more time to get in your car and drive to the police station than it does to dial 911. Police will go on to issue Amber Alert, Amber Alert for little Olivia. Now, Howard reported that Olivia went missing from a specific home. Reports later come out that that home, they haven't lived there for months. So when this person heard that that's where she went missing, they immediately thought something was wrong because they were trying to figure out how she would go missing from a house they no longer even lived in. So that is like the third red flag already that something in this situation isn't something in this situation isn't quite right. The search for Olivia ends up including the family's current home they were living in, the home that Howard said that little Olivia went missing from, a wooded area behind one of the homes, and family family and friends were searching foot trails around the house. Now, all this area is pretty much like one square mile of area they were searching. She's three, so they figure if she wandered away, she wouldn't have gotten far unless somebody actually came in the house and kidnapped her. So later on in that same afternoon on July 10th, the police get a anonymous tip that tells them they should look at this walking trail. 300 yards into that walking trail, they find what they describe as a shallow grave covered by twigs, branches, sticks, and some dirt. One of the officers that found Olivia's body is quoted as saying he could see blue and pink pajamas sticking out under the ground. So they start to dig up this shallow grave and they find, they realize it is Olivia. Her face is bruised up along with her arms and her legs. This is now turned from a missing person to a murder investigation. The coroner looks at Olivia's body and they report that she has not only all the bruising all over her body, but a small cut in the back of her head. And she has some really bad brain bleeding. And that was her cause of death is that she bled into her brain. Obviously, Howard and Jacqueline are both questioned because she was in their care at the time that she went missing. Howard and Jacqueline are both pardoned for questioning and they are eventually arrested and charged with child abuse and other charges. These charges are upgraded to murder, child endangerment, and desecration of a corpse. They are both being held for a $500,000 bail. His family is completely outraged because they feel like her death could have been avoided if DCF would have taken their reports seriously. DCF 
If you don't know what that is, it's the Department of Child and Family Services. They feel like DCF did not take their report seriously and they failed to protect Olivia. The community believes this also because now Olivia is just the latest child to lose their life while they had a DCF case open. They have not all been in Kansas where little Olivia is, but there has been a lot of issues with DCF having open cases on children and those children still losing their lives. 41 Action News in Kansas City showed a summary of Olivia's file. From this, I saw that there were two separate reports, both in 2020. The first one was on February 28th. Two people reported that Olivia's father, Howard, and the person they referred to as her stepmom, Jacqueline, both hit Olivia. She had bruises on her leg and her leg was possibly broken. Because this was a case of child abuse, um, they believed Olivia could be physically harmed. They sent somebody out immediately. The caseworker said the caseworker said they looked at Olivia. They saw no bruising. Her leg looked fine. So that case was closed and dismissed and ranked as unsubstantiated. Now, this there was another case that was reported on June 22nd that said that there was substance abuse in the home, that her guardians were either unavailable or unable to care for her. On June 30th, Olivia's case manager that they assigned to her case video chatted with her and Jacqueline because they were out of town. They said Olivia seemed happy and healthy and she was very excited because the 4th of July was coming up soon. She literally had less than a week and there would be fireworks and barbecues. And I'm sure that is so exciting for a three-year-old. They did request that her father take a drug test. On July 7th, his drug test came back positive for marijuana. A higher up in DCF stated that Testing positive for marijuana does not necessarily by itself warrant a child being taken out of the home. This, though, is three days before little Olivia loses her life. The biggest advocate for Olivia is Olivia's grandmother, Howard Jensen's stepmom. That is Elizabeth Jensen. She, you can tell that she is super emotional even before Olivia's body is found, she is upset and she just wants her found. She loves her granddaughter and you can tell it, you can see it all over her face. Elizabeth says that she called DCF multiple times herself and on Nancy Gray's podcast, you can hear her saying that she spent about 30 minutes on the phone with DCF reporting everything she knew about child abuse, the fact that the stepmom was potentially a sex worker, everything that she knew that was wrong in this home, she reported to them. And she said she merely got an email back. She did not know exactly what happened with the case. And she feels like DCF 
completely dropped the ball. One of their representatives says that they did the best they could with the information they had because they could not substantiate anything. But Olivia did have an open case because of her father failing the drug test. Elizabeth feels like she did the right thing. She did all she could do and her granddaughter still lost her life. And that breaks my heart for her. You can see the emotion in her face in every interview. She has done multiple ones. She's upset. She she misses the girl she called her little sunshine. She tells a story about how Olivia calls her grandpa honey and call they and Olivia's grandma and her they call each other sunshine and she calls the street that they live on sunshine street. It once again shows what sweet and brilliant little girl Olivia really was. Elizabeth also tells the inner the reporter that Olivia would cry when it was time for her to go home and asked if she did anything wrong and if they still loved her and if she could come back because she wanted to be with her grandparents. From this account, it seems like that there was positively something going on in that home that made Olivia not want to be there. Three-year-olds don't generally just cry every time their parent picks them up. They're generally happy to see their parent and they want to spend time with them. There have been protests calling for justice for Olivia because people in the community believe DCF should be held accountable for not protecting Olivia and allowing this to happen. I know there's been a lot of controversy with DCF and I don't believe they always do their job properly. Sometimes it's because they're overworked. Sometimes it's just because they want to clear cases. So this is really upsetting because the people were supposed to protect her. And I've seen people say like, oh, it's the family's fault. They should have done more. Well, her grandma can't just take her and keep her. That is illegal. She could go to jail for that. So she was trying to go about things in the right way and she wasn't helped. And I can understand why that is really upsetting to her because I would find that extremely upsetting also. Olivia was a light in people's life and the person that was supposed to protect her put that light out. The person she trusted, the person she trusted, the person who was supposed to keep her out of harm's way is the person that harmed her. The crazy thing is there are so many pictures of Jacqueline Kirkpatrick and Howard Jansen with Olivia and they seem like a normal family. They seem happy. Howard posts some posts about Jacqueline on social media saying how she's such an amazing mom, not just to her own three kids, but also to Olivia. I, I could not find any information about Jacqueline's other children, whether they were in her care or the care of their father. I just know she does have three older children and 
Howard also has an older daughter. She is nine years old. And she absolutely loved Olivia. Her mom was interviewed and talked about how upset she is and how she told her that she was the first child to make her a big sister. It's so sad because Olivia just, Olivia's death hurt so many people who loved and cared about her. The police have not issued any information outside of what we already know. There's no different, there's no additional information about the evidence they have against Howard and Jacqueline. I will continue to follow this case and update you when any major things are announced.